Captain America's Secret is out. Are you ready for Marvel Summer Comics event Secret Empire? We talk about the first trailer for Star's new show, American Gods. Dave Chappelle's new specials are out. Are they worth the wait? And then we see if the new Justice League trailer gives us hope for the next movie set in the DC Universe. This is the Pop Culture Nerds Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Pop Culture Nerds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the most interesting stuff that happened in pop culture for the week. I'm Angelo Natoli, and here with me is Damian Palaya. What up? Uh, thank you, Damien, for coming down. I appreciate that. First and foremost, I think, out of order, I don't care. I just saw the Justice League trailer. We need to talk about that. It looked so good. Refuse to get my hopes up for anything good. I think we should just rewatch this trailer on release day. Rewatch it about 60, 70 times. Just pretend that's the movie. And then we could all be happy and not disappointed. Yeah, the trailer looks really good, but I feel like, you know, with all the music being included, they're really trying to bite off the Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. I feel like that's what they want for the, with the Suicide Squad trailers as well. I feel like Avengers. It felt more like Avengers. Um, Cyborg seemed like unimportant Iron Man. <laughs> um, I feel like they're trying to compensate for the conception that uh, the predisposition everyone has towards Aquaman being a pussy. By making him look like Roman Reigns and he's all fucking badass and shit. Alright, so this is what drives me crazy. No one, not a single person, has complained about Aquaman acting and looking absolutely nothing like Aquaman from the comic books. But then they fucking cry. God forbid you make Human Torch Black. It's like, why can't they just leave the comics alone? Why do they have to change everything? But it's like essentially you have a different character. You have a different character with the same name as Aquaman in this movie. If you were to describe to me what Aquaman would look like, though, and I've never seen Aquaman, I wouldn't picture the clean-cut, the clean-cut blonde dude that is Aquaman. I would picture this guy. And that's fine. And I, I personally, I don't mind them changing things. But I'm saying you hear people flipping out on social media when they, when they, God forbid, they do something wrong. I, well, I was gonna start complaining because in the opening shot of uh, Batman. Where he was in the snow and he took off that hood. I thought they made him blonde for some reason. <laughs> I guess it was just a, re- a reflection of the light of some off of the gray hair. I guess they're going for an older Batman. But So that would bother you if they made Batman blonde? Oh, that, I'd rather Batman be a black lesbian woman from the Bronx. Like, but, that, like how Marvel would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but making Barry <laughs> Island a brunette, that doesn't bother you? And making Aquaman a brunette doesn't bother you? There's just something about Batman. He's dark. He can't just, he can't take off the cowl and then it's like this blonde dude with a chiseled jaw. You have to have the chiseled jaw. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. On but that. he needs black hair. But I, it's, just, it's just amazing. It's like, no, you can change anything you want. It's just if they change it and it's not exactly what you like, then it's, why do they change things? Keep everything the same. You know? Um, I don't know. I put, yeah, so I think it looks really cool. I'm excited for it. I mean, in the trailer, you can see there's some parademons, there's a mother box, so it, it's looking pretty true to the comics, and everything I've seen from Wonder Woman is what gives me hope, because it, she, everything about that seems amazing. DC is so good at making trailers. That, that, that Suicide is... Squad trailer was awesome. And when that came out, I was, I said it online, I was like, you know, watch out for that. The trailer looks great, but eventually they're going to have to talk, and anytime <laughs> they showed that... In the the Suicide Squad trailer, it was awful, and then it turned out the whole movie was just that awful. The fact you're gonna what was that line about the whole 
I've complained about it before. And we we put them in a hole and then dug a deeper hole and yeah, locked them inside of that. We put a, a hole and buried the hole in a hole. Like, <laughs> there's nothing that cringeworthy. It really sucks that all the, there's so many DC movies in some level of production already, like either writing scripts or looking for directors and stuff like that, because all these movies have all, are all being made before they learn the lessons from Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman. I feel like they're all way more in closer in tone to that than Wonder Woman. Like, you know, I feel like if, after, if Wonder Woman succeeds, which it seems like it will be, every movie entering production after that is going to be way more lighter in tone and way, you know, they're going to take yeah. lessons from Wonder Woman's success. I've, or what's even worse, try to change it mid-production and then you wind up with uh, too many cooks in the kitchen and then you get something like you got with Batman vs. Superman or I, even exactly. Suicide Squad. But even if it is, by the grace of God, good, which it's not going to be because it's a DC movie. and they, Made by Zack Snyder. They're not, they can't get it done. They can't. Even if it is good, it's not going to have the same emotional impact as Marvel stuff simply because most of these characters didn't already have a couple movies to get associated with them and the sequels and that, you know, like everything built up to Avengers. The reason why Avengers was so great is because he already had plenty of movies with these characters. Avengers should not have been good. That movie should not have been good. A crossover movie with seven characters or, you know, whatever, like... You know, that's that should have been their Batman Forever moment when there's seven villains and there's no, you know, like yeah. like uh, the fact that Avengers was good, like blew my mind. And the fact that Age, Age of Ultron was decent is still crazy. All those movies should have been jokes. And like now Marvel got it down to a science, which is beginning to be a problem, though. It's too yeah, it's, much of a science at this point. Yeah, it's becoming kind of the same old thing. It's very formulaic. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange is essentially magic Tony Stark. You know? Yeah, but even in the comics, he's kind of magic Tony Stark. Yeah, remember, but... Remember Bendis' run? They're, uh... What are they? Mustache Brothers. <laughs> the problem is that, uh... Tony Stark's character has changed a lot in the comic books. People always credit Robert Downey Jr. for being such a perfect Iron Man, but that's not the case. They just made the comic book Iron Man more like Robert Downey Jr. You know? Like, Iron Man wasn't, like, snarky. so good at it, though. But... <laughs> But he brought, I mean, he brought himself to the character, which I liked, but I'm, but like now if you see, wow, they sync up so perfectly, it's like, eh, they bent some things to make that happen. But it, it was cool. I mean, I love all that stuff. I mean, the key things were always there. The bitch and facial hair, the alcoholism, you know, it, it was already there. The playboy, you know, style that he had going. Yeah, yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, otherwise, but DC can't get it together. I mean, they can't make this Batman movie happen. You have a script being written by Jeff Johns, which is one of the best comic book writers in the game, co-written by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, directed by Ben Affleck. Like, you got the comic book guy. You got the guy that could write scripts. You got the guy that could fucking direct. Like, how, how are they having problems with this movie? It's bizarre to me. And now everything's falling apart. You know, it's like if you were making a stew and you had a guy come in and it's like, oh, this isn't spicy enough. You add more pepper and then another guy wants like something more savory and then someone's like, why the fuck are they making stew? Let's make a fucking cake instead. And now you just have a jumbled mess of food and you know none of it's edible. Yeah, I mean, that's... There's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's not like one singular idea. And I mean, that was apparent... He seemed like, he's like, look, I'm just going to focus on playing Batman because I don't want to write this anymore. 
Yeah, I, I think he didn't want to wire it because he knew it was going to suck and he didn't want his name attached to it personally. You think it's going to be the best uh, superhero movie he's involved in? Is Batman going to be the best Superman movies, best superhero movies involved in? Yeah. Probably, and it, that's probably not saying much. Unless I mean Justice League, maybe it could win a silver. I hope so. You think it's going to be better than Daredevil? The Ben Affleck one? Yeah. <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I told people that was my favorite movie. Uh, so that's my problem. <laughs> one, I haven't rewatched it since I was a kid, and I enjoyed it as well enough as a kid. I didn't love it. It did. I didn't walk out like, oh my god, Daredevil is my favorite superhero. I was just happy to see a superhero movie on the screen. I liked it better than Spider Man. But that's crazy. I know. I hear you. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes you can be hypnotized coming out of the theater out of a superhero yeah. movie. I remember it was one of the first midnight showings I ever went to. I was in high school. I don't remember what age I was exactly. But I walked out of the theater saying Spider-Man 3 was the best of the three Spider-Man movies. That it was okay, phenomenal. You were also an emo kid, so you probably just totally... You know, you the fact that me and Spider-Man had the same haircut, yeah. you know. You felt like he was a kindred spirit. And, and, and I, mean, I always... You, you thought that haircut was cool. You had it. So you saw him. It's like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, he's cool now. He has a symbiote. <laughs> like, it didn't even click to you that he came out looking like a total doofus. And I don't think I hated Venom yet, so I might have been excited about Venom being in there. I loved Venom. I mean, I, I loved him as I was just too. disappointed he wasn't there more. Yeah, and Sandman was awesome though. He should have been the focus. I mean, that's what Sam Raimi wanted. The studio kind of shoved Venom down his throat. That was the that was the deal. They gave him Sandman if he would do Venom. He was like, "Listen, I want to do Sandman." That's bullshit. Yeah, and there's a the third one too, right? Why am I not remembering the third one? Well, that is the third one. No, I mean three villains. Oh, and Harry Osborn, Green um, Goblin. Yeah, yeah. Except he wasn't a goblin. He was like a had like a snowboarding mask on and like flew around on a magic skateboard. Yeah, they should have made him Hobgoblin. Yeah. He's got a new character. But, yeah. So, all right. So, let's uh, move on. Let's talk about the... Have you seen the, any of the Dave Chappelle stand-ups on Netflix? I saw the first one. I saw half of the second one, and I wasn't too thrilled with it. That first one was hilarious. Yeah, it was good in the first one. The stage was even reminiscent of the Chappelle show stage. Yeah, he had the logo on his arm. He had the logo on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but And it just felt like, you know, the opening monologue from the Chappelle show, the stage was even, like, circular like it was. Like, if, I, I wonder if that was a conscious decision on his part. It had to be. I, there's no way you're going to coincidentally put the same logo on the floor that you had on Chappelle's show and stuff. And man, oh man, let me tell you, man, I thought maybe he got a little rusty, but he did not. No, it was fantastic. You could put that special up against any other special that came out this year. I watch a lot of comedy, and it stood up against anything else. I was laughing out loud. So You know, like a lot of times you watch stand-up on your own, you, you'll smile, you'll chuckle, you'll be entertained, but you're not going to like laugh out loud yeah. alone in your room. It was that good. Yeah, and some of my favorites came out this year. Burt Kreischer, The Machine, is dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've listened, I've, I've watched, the whole special is good, but just the machine story, more times than I can count. The, yeah, that's you got Joe Rogan story. Triggered came out, and I mean, I love Joe, he's, you know, one of my favorite comedians, I, I saw that, that, um, uh, that show live in New York, so, you know, like, I, but Chappelle, man, it takes a comedian of his caliber to be able to tell O.J. Simpson jokes. Four times. <laughs> yeah, repeatedly. <laughs> Four times throughout the show. The special was over. He came back out like, oh, there's one more. And like, and they were all good. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, especially, you know, it's become like a fresh wound again because of the show and stuff. And I think he knew, he poked a, um, a lot of fun and made a lot of jokes about very sensitive things. Almost like to see if he could, to yeah, see if he was that good. Like, yeah, I could, you know, I could joke about Bill Cosby and OJ and, and still come out unscathed because it was just funny. A lot of times you see people like Anthony Jeselnik or someone, and they'll talk about something that's like inappropriate and wrong, and you get the, uh, and like, yeah. that's a reaction they go for to set up something later, and they acknowledge that. But this was just nonstop yeah, laughter. That's just him like, proving lose. a point. Like, yeah. I can make anything funny. He Watch didn't me. lose anybody. I liked his little dig at Key and Peele. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was cool. It was playful. It, yeah, it could have been taken as him being, like, bitter or, you know, like, or being a hater. I thought it was funny. Like, it was just a little... I mean, Key and Peele are gone now. I'd like to see Chappelle get a spot there. <laughs> I'm sure Comedy Central would take him in a heartbeat. And I'm sure he would be on there for three episodes and then move away to Africa again, because fuck that. Charlie Murphy will come back. He'd want more money. I think he has He's enough money. Now. If he ever did something like that again, it would either be for a Netflix or an HBO type of thing where they just give him a bunch of money and let him do his own thing, or he would fund it himself, do what he wanted, and then sell a finished product to somebody. What, I think he just did? Yeah, like, like he just did. But what I'm saying is the days of Dave Chappelle ever doing a show under someone else's terms... That that's over. Well, he didn't want to do that in two thousand four, and then that's why he left. But now he there's there's no way he'd have to. If someone said oh, we'll do it, but you have to do X Y Z, then he can move on. Dave Chappelle's a big enough name; anybody will pick him up. Yeah, if Louis, I mean, that's very worse. He could like go to Crackle and, <laughs> and they'll give him free reign for whatever. But he's even he's way above that. If Dave Chappelle went to Crackle and said, "I just want to redo movies as me," can I just do Joe Dirt again as me? Oh, I, I want to redo random episodes of of news radio as me. Can I do that? I'd be like, they'd be like, sure, yeah, knock yourself out. You ever seen a movie Be Kind Rewind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just did that, <laughs> like, it was just Dave Chappelle and Charlie Murphy, and you, and you got them together, and they just redid TV shows and movies. You can do it with the Golden Girls. I don't care. It, was, it would be great. Do you think a show could afford to have all those people together again? Like, even Donnell Rawlings, you know? Or or they're all so big that they have to no. break up. They got... Netflix has that fuck you money. They'll throw money on any project I, I feel like that's why you like uh, a lot of comedic groups break up it's not even like they don't want to work together anymore it's just that they're all so valuable that they, they, it's not feasible for all of the state to get paid to do a prod project you know like yeah. that's why you get like two or three of them unless it's their own passion thing like what hot American summer or you know they've all been in Reno 911 yeah but not all but not all as main characters I think I think the movie they all appear in it, yeah. but again I think that's more of like a victory lap type of thing. You know, I'm almost so good. I don't know how we got there from Dave Chappelle. I, you know, I never really got into <laughs> that. Oh, it was fantastic. I feel like it was before its time. Uh, the state, you know, I never even watched the state though. I feel like that's before my time. I'm too young for the state. The state was so good, and the state now. I feel like even more so now is a fantastic show, and that was way ahead of its time too. There was a lot of bizarre humor in the state that would have totally fit on fit in on like Adult Swim or something like that. It's a very internet-y kind of humor, and I feel like it's generally quiet right now. I don't really hear anything going. I mean, Michael Ian Black's on Twitter a lot, but I'm not. I don't think they're doing anything right now. 
Yeah, they're not recording. I love the 90s or I love the 70s. <laughs> I love it. those shows too. <laughs> Me too. It's like, oh, remember the 80s when I wasn't born yet? That was good times. Yeah. <laughs> but then the further it got back, the less I was interested. And then they did I Love the New Millennium. And I don't, I'm not even sure if they, if it was, was it in 2010? No, it, we didn't get, it, it was like. 07 maybe? Yeah. We're not even halfway <laughs> done, motherfucker. There's a lot to, if you were to do an I Love the aughts, as they're called, yeah, 2000 and 2010, you know, you would mention the Marvel movies and superhero mm. movies. You can't even do that in 2007. They didn't come out with <laughs> Iron Man yet. Like, Iron Man was probably out when they, you know, were airing those. That Those shows created a whole genre of television. Now there's the, like, talking head shows. Like, that all spun from I Love the 80s. Yeah, VH1 was great at that. They yeah. did it with pop-up video, and it's like, well, what if we actually put real people in front of everything, not even just music videos? Yeah, they, they were geniuses. Um, all right, so let's move on. So, do you see um, the trailer for uh, the Star Show, American Gods? I did. So, um, for the, those of you that aren't familiar with uh, American Gods, it's a book by critically acclaimed author Neil Gaiman. He, uh, he's written a bunch of books. He's famous for the Sandman comic book, which is considered one of the best comics of the last 20 years. He wrote the story that turned into the animated movie Coraline. Um, I didn't know it. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so Stars is making a show of it. And the book centers around a convict who, of little words named Shadow and an upcoming war between the gods of the old worlds, like Odin or the Egyptian god Anubis, and the new gods, like the god of technology or the god of the stark, stock market. So, um, Damien, how familiar are you with the book? I started reading it. The dialogue came off as a little campy, and also the fact that you named your main character Shadow kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem so corny. But then, like, you know, you, if you read, like, Cormac McCarthy and stuff, you know, you read, like, um, you know, one of his books. The name is escaping me. And, uh, um, the main character's name is The Kid. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, shit yeah. like that. It's like, all right, I, I get it, but... So, um... You're trying to be cool. You're like that fat, nerdy kid that walks into school wearing a trench coat because he thinks he looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the book. Um, the, it, does it, it looks like it's going to be pretty faithful. I mean, there's some different things, like uh, the god of technology is vaping, and vaping wasn't a thing, uh, you know, at the time we read in the book. But, I mean, that's very fitting yeah, yeah, of the character. Yeah, um, the track writers of the showrunners are pretty dope. You got Brian Fuller. He sh- was the showrunner for Hannibal, Pushing Daisies, and Dead Like Me, all uh, beloved okay. cult TV shows. And you got Michael Green. Uh, he is the writer of such as Logan, which is a critical success. Hey, I still have to see He's writing the new Blade Runner movie, um, so hopefully that's good. He also wrote Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, though. Yeah, but I mean... That seemed like another case of... I think he worked with what he got. Yeah. I mean, you know Ryan Reynolds could act, and that movie is evidence to the contrary. Ryan Reynolds in that movie made acting look really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he proved that he can totally do it. It was just something about that movie was very, very bad. Did you hear there's rumors DC are considering using Ryan Reynolds again as Green Lantern? Um... I can't be worse than the first one. But I feel like I get Ryan Reynolds is cool, but you want to distance yourself from that first movie. Reboot. Like, stay away. 
I don't know, because in my mind, what the comic book version of the characters are and what DC brings to the movies are so different. Like, Barry Allen in both the Flash TV show and the Flash movie are absolutely nothing like what Barry Allen is in the comic books. I want them to use Barry Allen from the TV show and the movie, though. I do, and I love, I, I, love I love the Flash TV show, but, I mean, Barry Allen, especially when I was reading it, like, because in the comics, you know, there's sidekicks. Like, Wally West is what Barry Allen is on the TV show and the comics. Like... That's the young Flash still learning how to do it and things like that. Like, Barry's supposed to be, like, Green Lantern and Batman's peers and being, you know, a, knowing how to do it. Being, been a, you know, a cop, you know, a forensic investigator for years. Not, like, a young kid. Yeah, they, they reformat characters in a TV show. Like, making uh, Green Arrows just on Arrow. He's just Batman. Yeah, but that's been in the comics from go. He was always just Batman. He always had an arrow cave. He had, you know, instead of Batman's gadgets, he just trick arrows. Like, that's always been a trope. He's, like, name brand Batman. Yeah, but, so, like, I don't mind that on the TV show, you know. Uh, I, you know, it's better than Gotham, so. But not much these last few seasons, actually. <laughs> Gotham just seemed like... A show for casual fans who wanted to be like super in the know fans, and but it it seems to be working for them because everyone I know that like only kind of sort of knows the movies like they all love it. Everybody they tell me I'm crazy for not watching it, and I'm like no. If if you name those characters things that weren't related in any way to Batman, and then they were just the same exact characters but they had different names and there was no talk of Batman. Like, Bruce Wayne was just a random kid whose parents had gotten killed. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful TV show. A hundred percent agreed. I, uh, absolutely. I hate that show. Like, campy 90s cop show. And I'm not one of those people that say I hate it and then, like, I, I'll pop in. Sometimes I watch something on Hulu and it'll autoplay and I'll be like, yeah, all right, let's see. And then I'm, I'm always like, yep, I'm right. This was not good. I'm happy um, I don't watch this. But now here's the question for American Gods. There is a prominent stand-up comedian that is going to be in the show. Do you know who? Are you aware who's going to be in it? Is it Dave Chappelle? And no, it's not Dave Chappelle. Dave, Dave Chappelle and Charlie Murphy is just going to play everyone. <laughs> no, um, and I want to know—is this going to be a deal breaker for you? I don't—I don't know if he's going to be a main character. Is this I want to hate. Is uh, it Dane Cook? Yes. In no way. Yeah, it's Dane, Dane Cook. Dane Cook is going to be in American Gods. I don't know who he's playing or how big of a role he's going to be, but he is going to be in it. You will have to see him at least once. I think I'm more excited to see it now that <laughs> I know Dane Cook is going to be in it. Oh yeah. You're... I want him to do that weird double middle finger thing that he used to do. The like shocker. Yeah. Wasn't it just the shocker? No, he, he did the he put up his ring finger and his middle finger because it was twice as much middle finger to flip someone off. <laughs> you know, I was actually a pretty big fan of Dean Cook back in the day. I was too, but that was back in the day. And then, you know, you start thinking in retrospect and you see when you're a bit older and it's just it does not hold up. I was a fan of Ben Affleck's Daredevil and Amy Schumer too. You know, like yeah, yeah. stuff just doesn't hold up. Yeah, uh, but I was off the Dane Cook bandwagon pretty early. By the time he hit MSG, that special, I was like, oh, this is bad. And he retold jokes. You never retell jokes after it was already on a special. Is that a new rule, though? No. I feel like it's a newer rule. Like, George Carlin never did it, but I feel like he was special in that regard. But who else told the same jokes on multiple specials? Well, you just don't record the special. No, I'm saying Dane Cook had jokes yeah. on the MSG yeah. special that was on a CD 
end in Shorty's watching Shorty's, and he like changed it and like cut out part of the jokes that like, like he had the, like he would tell the heist joke still I think. Oh, the heist joke. On so MSG, good. but do you ever hear the original one that was on like Shorty's watching Shorty's or on his CD? He goes in the heist joke into a pet monkey joke and then brings it back around that the pet monkey would be the one in on the heist. Like you know what I like the B and E joke that he used to do. We're doing a B and E. No, it's not a bacon and egg. Yeah. That joke was so much fun. Basically, any Dane Cook joke where he's stealing shit is a good Dane Cook joke. Hopefully, he steals some stuff in American did, Gods. Did you walk around saying Bamf back in the day? Bamf, badass motherfucker. No, um, you it's, want, it's on my wallet. But uh, that's even that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm a Pulp Fiction yeah. fan. I need to see this. Demon is reaching into his A body. bad motherfucker, not a badass motherfucker. Okay, but it doesn't say Pretty bamf. That's no, it doesn't. Saying. All right. The only bamfs I like are the ones that come when Nightcrawler teleports. Yes. I, okay, I got into a fight. It's a cut and dry thing, so it's not even worth talking about. All right, but I want to hear it. The answer is obvious. I got into a fight with my friend Nick. Okay. So, you know, Nick is a fucking idiot. That's what you got to know about Nick. Nick thinks that... Dare, uh, not Daredevil's claws, but that Wolverine's claws go fling. He feels like they would make a fling sound, like you, you unsheath the sword. We all know that that's not true. No, like the fucking his knuckles go snicked. It's always been snicked, and will always be snicked. It's a rule. If someone wanted to put fling, first off, how do you even write that? The editor would say no. You put snicked. What are you doing? Yeah, that's like against the rules. That's against the law. You'll get arrested if that's, you do that's that. That's illegal. If if he's lucky the NSA never heard him, because if the NSA heard him, oh, Wolverine's cars go fling, then he'd be a missing person. He'd be in Guantanamo Bay right Nobody now. Nobody would know where he went. But uh, bringing up comics, that's a perfect segue. So uh, Marvel put out some more details this week about their big summer crossover. Have you been following any of this? Do you know what it's about or what's the deal? If every crossover is a big crossover then no crossovers or big crossovers yeah there's still some i mean uh i think secret wars was a pretty big deal uh i wasn't really a fan of it the main story was pretty good but all those tie-ins i couldn't take it but like that's some huge ramifications but it's like every fourth or fifth one actually is significant the last one i really 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 liked was uh x-men versus avengers yeah that one was fun yeah 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 i like that so, well, if you like that one, you might like this, because they're doing it in that style. So they're going to be double-shipping it with rotating artists instead of okay. one writer or one artist, because... Which did not work last time, so I guess that's why they did that. There's just so many delays on that main title. And delays with Civil War, and delays yeah. with... So many delays, and then you have the books that are supposed to be the ramifications of what happened to those major titles, and they're coming out before the last book can even come out. Well, I don't know if that's better or what they did in Civil War, which they held titles back. So Civil War got delayed, and so you couldn't even read that, but you couldn't read any of the other books you liked because they were holding them back because they didn't want them to spoil Civil War. So I don't know which option is better. They both suck. So yeah, so they're going to have rotating artists to, to make that work. Um, it's spinning out of a Captain America story, so that's pretty cool. Um, it's been a long time since that's been in like the spotlight. Are there going to be any uh, time bullets? No, no time. But that was a weird time. There was double time bullets. Captain America and Steve Rogers both got time bulleted. Captain America and Steve Rogers? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Captain America and Batman. <laughs> uh, okay, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Captain America and Steve Rogers. Yeah, obviously. Time bulleted. 
Okay, so um, as a hardcore comics fan, I have no choice. I have to read it, but I read everything. But I want to know if this is going to be like one of the good crossovers, like we were just talking about, or one of the bad ones. So Secret Empire is being written by Nick Spencer. He's the guy that writes both Captain America books, the okay. Steve Rogers book and the Falcon book, the Falcon Cap book. They're both Captain America. Um, so the Red Skull in uh, one of the previous Marvel crossovers, Assault on Pleasant Hill or Avengers Standoff, I forgot which name, I think one's a name, one's a subtitle, the, they find that the Red Skull had access to a cosmic cube that became sentient and a little girl. There is now a little girl who is a magic cosmic cube. And they use that power to turn Steve Rogers back from being an old guy back into super soldier serum, young Steve Rogers. But in the process, um, the Red Skull also altered his past. He used the Cosmic Cube to make it so that Steve Rogers has been a member of Hydra since birth. That his mother was a member of Hydra. He's been a loyal, loving member of Hydra his entire life. So this whole time, all the events he's done in the Marvel Universe, there's all been him as deep undercover as a Hydra agent. If you're that deep undercover, but you're still punching Hitler, but you're doing it as a Nazi undercover, really, you're just on the side of good. Like, if yeah. he's never done anything that ultimately helped Hydra, then it was fine. Like, who cares? But now that he's, make he's being evil. He's he killed, He threw somebody off of, of a plane in his series, and now it turns out that... He, he, Red Skull fucked up. He made him so evil that now he wants to kill Red Skull and take his place as the leader of Hydra. Pause. Yes. Let's pause one second. Because this is what I never understood about Captain America. He killed someone. Oh, now he's bad. He was in war. He had to have killed people in the past. Probably so often. Can, like, it's not... Yeah, he probably killed, like, a lot of people. That was his job. If he was so good at war that they made him the poster boy for their wars... Then he had to have killed a lot of people already. It's not really that huge of a jump. Uh, I hear you. And I mean, it's a fucking comic book. I assure you, by the end of Secret Empire, or within two years, he will be good again, because that's comics. So I li- I'm all for these kind of plot twists. I think they're cool. Uh, I haven't been digging the Captain America book so much, so uh, but the concept of it, I'm cool with. I like where you travel to that, uh, that weird alternate timeline and he came back it's like I've been gone for 50 years like no it's been like 20 minutes that's, that's cause uh, it was drawn by the god himself John Romita Jr and that, that man could so draw bad. anything yeah I, I like that too that was a I dropped off right after that though yeah um, no it went on for uh, that run went on for a while later he brought like Zone's son or daughter became a sidekick I don't know I'm not the biggest Captain America fan the only run that really held my attention was the Brubaker run with the Winter Soldier and all that Captain stuff. Captain America is one of those people that just—he has the potential to be something different, but he's too white meat, like Fantastic Four and Superman. Yeah, Superman. Superman from time to time, there's books that uh, that I enjoy. So um, the series is going to be drawn by some of Marvel's big guns. We got Steve McNiven, the man who drew Old Man Logan and Civil War. That guy has to love it, man. All his series get turned into movies. <laughs> Does he get any kickback from that though? Uh, I don't know, maybe. I mean, it's not like he's drawing anything for the movies. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I want his properties. You also have uh, Andrea Sorrento, uh, Sorrentino, actually. He is the artist. He was drawing the new Old Man Logan book for a while, and I thought that art was gorgeous. That art was fantastic. That's what made me want to read that book in the first place. So they're like Old Man Logan brothers. You got two Old Man Logan alumni. The Old Man Logan is... Then you got Lanil Francis Yu. He did a big run on New Avengers with Bendis back in the day. 
he did Secret Invasion. He drew that, which is a big summer crossover. So you got uh, some experienced veterans. Then you got Daniel Acuna, who I fucking hate. I hate this man's art with a burning passion. I don't recognize the name at all. He comes on a book, and it will make me stop reading a book. What, what has he done? Uh, he did Uncanny Avengers at some point. He's done some X-Men stuff. He's done some new Avengers things. I think he did some stuff with Bendis on New Avengers. His art, it makes me want to vomit. When I see it, I, I drop the book. I stop doing what Are I'm doing. Are you in a minority? Because clearly he's still getting work. Yeah, he's getting works. Like and profile Nick work. Spencer loves him. The writer is a big fan. He's always talking about how excited he is to be on a book with him. But I, he just doesn't do it for me. You know, some artists work for you, some don't. Uh, I should have prepared some pictures and drew it up, but I, I didn't. Uh, my phone's not cooperating either, which is making me angry. But that's been the theme of the day today. <laughs> Phone, phone's not working, and Dave Chappelle playing every role possible. So I, I hate it. He got it working. It makes me mad. I don't like that. I don't want to read a book that looks like that. Well, it's really stylized. The, the pinups and stuff are fun enough, but when reading a book like I doesn't make me happy. It makes me mad. Don't enjoy it. It seems that he's getting better as I'm reading stuff, but I I don't like it. I like it in these pinups. I like it a lot. I, you know, I would have a poster It's very stylized. If it was on, like, an image comic book, I'm sure you would think it's good. Yeah. But because you're, you know, you like your, I know you, you like your Marvel stuff very grounded. That's why you like the John Ramitas and you, yeah. you like things looking like things. Nah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. That it doesn't good. do it for me. But whatever, you know, he's popular, so you'll be happy. <laughs> um, so do you think this is going to be one of the books that could, will make, keep you interested? Um, as just a Captain America title? No, so it's the it's the summer event. This is everything will be tying into this. So the title of the the miniseries is called Secret Empire. It's gonna be drawn by those artists. The plot is C. Rogers is finally done being undercover. He's gonna come out as full blown supervillain. They said after so many events where it was the heroes fighting other heroes, we're happy to have just a straight up villain. Yeah, that's but, definitely good. But the villain is but the a hero. Is still a hero. And this is something that seems to be a problem with Marvel and everything they do lately. Like even in movies. And not just lately, since Iron Man 1. Why? They don't have interesting villains. Like, yeah. there's interesting villains, but they never seem to put the focus on them. The focus is always on the big teams of superheroes fighting other teams of superheroes. With the Well, in the movies, with, with the exception of Loki. With Yes. Loki yeah. is compelling. And then the comics, Peter Parker's rogues gallery. Goes, I will put that as the best rogues gallery in comic books. Yeah, but then even lately... Eat it, Batman fans. Peter Parker. Spider-Man's rogues are way better than Batman's. Green Goblin is better than Joker. Green Goblin is Lex Luthor and Joker in one villain. Plus he has pumpkin bombs, which is a, a great way to stick to your gimmick, kid. You'll and, make it fire in the biz. And he can fly. I'm telling you, I... I, I'm, I Batman is number two for rogues yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. But Spider-Man is the king. But even with Spider-Man, lately they've been doing like that Zodiac gang. They were whack. They were so whack, and they lasted for so long. Yeah, yeah, that that run. Not everybody's the biggest fan of dance lot stuff. I personally love it, and I loved Clone Conspiracy. 
But even that, he's fighting his superhero. He's fighting his clone, who was a good guy for most of his existence. Yeah. I mean, and then you take Dr. Octopus, and now he's in this weird, stupid robot. No, Eventually, he will get out of the robot. Oh, he he got out of the robot. He actually, so at the end, uh, so Ben Riley cloned his body and put him back in a Dr. Octopus body. He looked like classic Dr. Octopus in the clone conspiracy. And uh, spoiler alert, at the end of the series... They, ben and him were working on creating the perfect clone that wouldn't degenerate and would be uh, the best ever, and Doc Ock was working on it. And you know Doc Ock is cocky motherfucker that he is. He refused to think that uh, Ben Riley's DNA would be the best thing, so he added in his own. And then at the end, faked his death and then stole the perfect clone's body and put his brain into it. So now he is the superior octopus, and it's him in a young buff body that's a mixture of Peter Parker and uh, Otto Xavius. Right? That's his name? Yeah. Uh, so he goes to go to one of his old bunkers, and when he gets to the bunker, he finds out that it's been infiltrated by Hydra, and uh, he kills the leader of Hydra, and then he's told that since he killed the old leader of that Hydra faction, that now makes him the new leader of it if he'd want to join Hydra, and it ends with him joining Hydra and saying he'll next appear in the Amazing Spider-Man tie-in issues of Secret Empire. So, If there was a custody battle... Who would win this new body, Doctor Octopus or Peter Parker? Like as far as DNA goes, they're both dads now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, both the the dad of the body, but also it's Doctor Octopus is at the same time. So really, Doctor Octopus is his own dad. Yeah, Doctor Octopus is his own dad. <laughs> well, I think we finally jumped the shark here. Yeah, <laughs> and the new costume looks like a mix of Doctor Octopus costume and the Superior Spider-Man costume, and he even has oh, a mask cool. like Spider-Man. I like the Superior Spider-Man. That was my favorite Spider-Man book in a while. Yeah, it was damn good. Uh, and I went into it ready to hate it. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't one of those people flipping out about it. Like again, I'm normal and know everything is passing. Yeah, and, yeah. But but it was one of those things like, well, I want to see how this could make sense, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this made perfect sense, and it was good. Yeah, it's. I was. I almost thought after all this, they were gonna since Doc Ock got redeemed in that story that they were gonna make him a kind of like an anti-hero. But no, they're going full villain. It would be cool if uh, they kept him an anti-hero this whole time, and then the big payoff to the new summer event is evil Captain America versus good Doctor Octopus. <laughs> Just like do a double turn, you know, classic wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Issue Zero drops in April, and then Issue 1 comes out in May, and the series is going to run till August, but that's Marvel time. So, really, November? It'll wrap up? Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Otherwise, we're going to get the end of it next year. So, his big plot is he's going to unleash an invasion of Chitauri aliens on Earth and be full-on megalomaniac, like, cackling villain. And it's up to the Black Widow and Marvel's teen heroes to lead the resistance to him. I don't know where the rest of the heroes are, but that, they've teased those books now. So, I guess the, uh, the other ones are indisposed? Yeah. Everyone's gonna be busy? You have to get Black Widow? I, or, or Captain America attacks them all first and doesn't register these characters as threats to him, and that's why they're able to escape? I want him to be like a rogue from the shadows kind of dude just picking them off. Well, supposedly that's what he's been doing this whole time. Like, in Civil War Two, he was, like, pulling their strings, making the fight worse than it really was. But uh, I didn't really see that in the comic. And if you read Civil War Two, they purposely didn't characterize him as a cackling villain because if you read that in a vacuum, like, yeah. you don't need to know that. Like, he's just Captain America. Yeah, that seems like one of those things that people give a reason for after. 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, so it was pretty cool. Um, so do you think you'll be reading it, or are you interested in it? Will you read the summaries on Wikipedia? <laughs> um, if there's tie-ins, I'm going to avoid them at all costs, probably. They said they're cutting down on the tie-ins, but there will be tie-ins. Well, they should. Marvel makes no sense in that they're going to restart the numbering of books so that it's easy to follow, but then they're going to come out with 80 tie-ins that tie in at different points of the story all throughout the whole main arc that the story is getting released. Well, I, the, the idea is that you're going to boost up those sales because if you're reading Secret Empire and you don't care about Black Widow, you know, you'll bought her book to learn about Secret, Secret Empire and then maybe you'll like it and stick around after. That's their idea. In practice, does that ever work? It only ever seems to piss people off. No. So listen to this. So uh, the Prowler book launches as a tie-in to Clone Conspiracy. So issue one is already a tie-in. Issue one ends with the Prowler dying and getting cloned. Issue two picks up, and he's new cloned, and now he's working for the bad guys. You get three issues of this new Prowler book with him running around, tying into this conspiracy with the comic book, working as a bad guy, essentially. And then, in the end, he dies again, and it turns out that the clone died, but the original Prowler was never killed. He was put in cryotherapy, cryo-frozen, and is now back. And issue four picks up the Prowler story. So now you're at three issues of a character that didn't even exist. It's his own book, and he wasn't even in it for three issues. It was a fake clone of him. All the things he did doesn't count. The new, the real Prowler doesn't even, it doesn't have the memories of what the clone Prowler did. That's R- ridiculous. They need to just start moving on to seasons. Make seasons of comic books. Absolutely. And then that way you, you have your jumping on points, but then also you, just, you could wrap things up. You know, you could, you could wrap up what is no longer crucial to the next phase of the story. And you could have jumping on points for everyone else to get on. Sometimes they do that, and then sometimes they don't. Like, all new Hawkeye launched. I think it had two issues. It seemed like the same thing. And then relaunched again with the same creative team. Yeah, but it was so confusing. I, like, kind of dropped off from it at that point. Yeah, like, like finish the story. Like, yeah. do a whole story and then relaunch it. And even if you're not changing the team, like, Dan Slott's been on Spider-Man forever, but, like, you know, relaunch it when it makes sense. And he's done that a bit. So you had yeah. Big Time relaunched it, and that was that whole gimmick. And then when that ended, when that ended, then you had Superior Spider-Man. And then when that ended, you had this new, like, debonair secret agent Spider-Man. But... I, you know, but like, so they do it well. I guess with Spider Man, they did it fairly well. But other teams, like, they just end it for no reason, pick it back up, nothing changed. Same thing with Spider Gwen. Yeah, Spider Gwen. Didn't they do that too? One series ran for a couple issues and then it relaunched again. Same creative team picking up exactly where they left off. Yep, but it was this one was called Number One. <laughs> so it's different now because this isn't one. Meanwhile, who who's afraid of picking up a comic book on a random number? I always did it. I never cared. As a kid, that never bothered me. I picked up whatever I could get. Yeah, as a kid, I would pick up, you know, the middle of a story in the middle of an arc. You know, I'll I'll have, like, the three issues that follow, and then I won't have the last one. Like Yeah, yeah. And I, I always wanted the old numbering. I remember I came into Spider-Man, and it was the first time they ever renumbered it. And it was on, like, issue 38. Or something like that. And then as it got closer to 500, they started doing both numbers, the the new relaunch number and yeah. what it would be if it never ended up. And I always thought that was cool. Like, I liked that. Like, I was like, I wish they'd use the old numbering. Like, you know? Yeah. And at the time, I would be the target audience that you would want the little numbers. And then, especially in comic books, where, you, you know, you call back to the history so much. 
you know, it's been so many years in comic books, and he's still, you know, bent up about Gwen Stacy. Like, that's still something that affects him. Yeah, so... You know, it's still a driving force. You know, why... What side do you want to be on? Do you want to acknowledge the history, or do you want to make everything all new, all different, all blah, blah, blah? And if that's what you want, why didn't they keep the Ultimate Universe? You know, that's what it was. Which, yeah, that was the alternative. You know, now you're just kind of crossing streams. And, 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 and it was, and Spider-Man was always amazing in that, you know? Yeah. Of all the books, that was the book that never faltered. Never. It was, that run was so good. It was like, how people think of Spider-Man and like the nostalgia behind, you know, earlier issues, but with still good writing. And awesome art. You had Mark Bagley on the whole first volume. Ran longer than, they were the same creative team longer than Stan Lee and, Ditko on uh, yeah. Fantastic Four. They broke their record. And then afterwards, he had all-star artists on there, too. But I... All right, so then you flip around with the fucking numbers. But, listen, you want to include Spider-Man Volume 2 and Spider-Man Volume 3 all in the general numbering of of Amazing Spider-Man? You want to add them all together? That's fine. But when they... You want, don't fucking count Superior Spider-Man. That's a different book, you know? Like, yeah. like, Venom is getting renumbered to 150 because they're just combining every series that ever had Venom's name in it. Like, that's cheating. That's not... Yeah, and that's just to get to a 150. With Marvel, it's like, what's better than having an issue one for sales? Uh, an issue 150 or 200 or 500. Nice round numbers. They just want round numbers. Every 25 issues yeah. is an anniversary. Why? <laughs> it's not even two years. That's a one month over two years. Why two? Any kind of number that will sell more books. It was like 12. If you get to 12, that's special. Because you made it a year. Then it's like 12, 25, 50, 75, 100. Always. Special hologram cover, everybody. They want, I want to bring, as a fan of the 90s, I want more hologram covers. Well, DC's been doing that once a year lately. They had uh, the villains issues all had special hologram covers. Uh, I think they did zero issues that had special hologram covers. So they're doing that annually. And they got that new upcoming hologram cover that has Batman and Flash holding the Watchmen button. I want... As a fan of the 90s, I want more unrealistic expectations for how men's abs should look. <laughs> I want extra abs that don't make physical sense. I want more pockets. Pouches? Every, pouches need... Uh, uh, costumes need pouches. Way more pouches. Guns, even though they have superpowers? Guns and su with superpowers. Big, wavy hair. Vaguely energy-based powers? colorful vaguely energy based powers that's crucial yeah that's a key that's, that's a major, major key, key. <laughs> colorful energy based powers a major key lots of purples and pinks uh the 90s what a time it was for comic books Brett the Hitman heart sunglasses <laughs> everyone had them Vibe had them in the comics yeah, exactly but so I think Jubilee had them Jubilee. Jubilee's gone back in the spotlight. She's going to lead a new X-Men book that's going to be canceled. Which I'm all issues. about because she looks like the 90s. She she is 90s incarnate. Which is weird that they put her in the 80s-based X-Men movie. It's just something... You get far away enough from some decades and they just start blending together. You ask people where hippies are from, you'll get like, oh, they're from 60s, 70s, like, eh, 80s, 90s. It might as well be the same thing now that we're in 2017. 
You know, pretty soon it's gonna be like, what's the difference between hair metal and grunge? I don't know. It's yeah, the same they same both music. got hair. They both mm. have there's hair in both of them. They both have blonde hair. What's the difference? All right, but I think we're gonna wrap up our first episode. Uh, thank you again for coming. Uh, I hope it's everybody. Been real. I hope everybody likes us. Remember to. Uh, um, rate us on iTunes let us know leave a review that's how he helps us get fined uh, Damien you got any plugs you want me to shout out any of your social media accounts or anything like that um I'm on Twitter at Sleezus underscore Christ S-L-E-A-Z-U-S and you can find me on Twitter at Hello Jello Jello is spelled like my name G-E-L-O not like the delicious snack food treat yeah otherwise you probably will get fined you're going to get a cease and desist if you spell the other way. Probably. All right, well, thank you guys. We'll see you all next week.